Okay, ma'am. So, hello, viewers of Digital Movement 22. Today, we are welcoming a very esteemed person who has brought about immense change within the field of conservation and architecture of India. That's Abha Narain Lamba. So to briefly introduce her, Abha Ma'am is a Mumbai-based conservation architect who has won numerous awards for her works across the country, including an award of, of merit from UNESCO. She's worked on many world heritage sites like Ajanta Caves, Kolkonda Fort, and a number of Mumbai's Victorian buildings. So hello, Ma'am. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I really can't express how happy I am. So as a student who's interviewing you. So I'm really glad to have this conversation. And I hope this interview goes well for both of us and our viewers thoroughly enjoy it. So I'll begin with asking you, ma'am. You've been in the field for more than two decades now and have gained much experience from it. Was there any defining moment in your early years that made you realize that this is what you want to pursue in life? Well, I studied architecture and uh, I was uh, you know, more interested in urban issues and uh, especially the case of Delhi's uh, urban villages, which had a lot of medieval monuments uh, within them. And that was my thesis. Uh, so one thing led to the other. And I just realized that this is an area where there is very little thought and very little planning. And I think that is what led me to, to uh, address such issues. Okay. So, uh, so this was basically you just... Uh you just explored a lot and you got into this field by uh, you know getting experience by getting influenced by the buildings over there so you must have you know gone through delhi a lot you must have traveled a lot right i think around i mean if you are whether you're studying or growing up in any urban uh, environment in india whether you know you grew up in a small town in up or delhi or rajasthan uh, pretty much we are all surrounded by fantastic heritage and unfortunately a lot of it is in very in a, a very sad state of affairs whether it is the condition of the building or the the urban decay around uh, these uh, historic buildings so i don't think it needs to you really even need to go out and travel outside your area i'm sure for most of us uh, we see heritage we just don't we don't observe it in the way maybe uh, we should because there's a lot of apathy there are if if you are in a city like delhi there uh, you know around the corner there are beautiful tombs of the lodi period there are baudis there are you know vestiges of uh, mughal architecture there's so much heritage every almost every uh, neighborhood and colony has has uh, some uh, 15th century or 14th century monument and uh, the 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 way that we have developed as cities and the kind of uh, uh, you know the urban chaos that we see around our historic buildings is something that needs to be addressed and i think each one of us can can start if nothing else raising concern uh, writing about such things today there's social media even posting uh, you know uh, pictures of the kind of uh, uh, desolation that these monuments have and and sometimes if one is heard and, and some some action can be taken accordingly. I certainly agree with that point because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, you know trend of actually using social media to you know uh, spread the word and uh, it's actually a much more easy way to you know 
create a uh, create an interest field base on this. So, yeah, that's a really good point. So the next question is basically: So Abha Narayan Lamba Associates has worked in so many projects over the years. What are some of the challenges and hurdles that you had to overcome during the early years, and how have these strategies actually changed with time? I think one of the challenges definitely in the initial phase when I started, uh, you know, around ninety five, ninety six was a complete absence of either any legislative protection to heritage building or uh, a complete absence of uh, funding. And uh, coupled with an apathy that we have, uh, you know, as a nation towards a lot of our heritage. So um, over time, I wouldn't say things have, uh, you know, drastically transformed, but one has been doing what is possible at, at uh, you know, one's own level at either raising awareness or, targeting projects that could become pilots for other, uh, you know, other areas to follow through or, you know, doing some, some critical interventions within, uh, you know, the heritage fabric or within cities. So we begin to start seeing heritage and historic buildings as an asset rather than a liability. So if you're able to adaptively reuse uh, a building or to restore a building and put it back into the urban milieu as a, a vital cultural and urban asset, be it uh, the restoration of the Royal Opera House, which is now, uh, you know, actively used, or uh, even restoring uh, what are termed earlier as sarkari buildings, uh, but then making them look good and restoring the heritage, which one has been trying with, you know, the municipal head office in Mumbai and the Maharashtra State Police Headquarters and so many others. And I think this can have a trickle down effect because in every small district, there is a collector's office, which tends to be an old bungalow or an old building that's been restored. So even if within, within our you know, areas of wherever we are operating as architects, uh, I feel the architectural community can really do a lot. Yeah. I definitely agree with you because as a person who's residing in Aligarh at the moment, I've seen a lot of buildings, a lot of buildings that are just left unattended. So, and there's a lot of government buildings, there's a lot of university buildings. So get your point because this it's literally in every corner. We just don't, we just fail to see it. So that's a really good point. And I'll just uh, move on to the next one. So you're extremely skilled and experienced when it comes to conservation of a building, like one can see in your projects, like you mentioned right now, the Royal Opera House in Mumbai, or one of your favorite projects that you often mention in interviews, like the Maitreya Buddha Temple in Ladakh. So one could say that you're taking these buildings from the past, restoring it and making it timeless and functional as well. So how do you describe the process of integrating modern functionality into a building, all the while maintaining its original charm? You know, let's face it, every building cannot just become a monument that people come, peep in and then leave at five o'clock. We have to, if to make it sustainable and especially uh, conservation as a phenomena, if it has to be really grassroots level, we need to be able to look at how historic buildings and heritage buildings can be integrated into the, the everyday life of citizens. And that is why, I mean, especially... Uh, a lot of my work has involved uh, revolved around places that are historical, but where there is engagement with the stakeholders and local citizens. So in the case of the Maitreya Buddha temple, it was the villagers who were responsible for raising funds, for restoring the building, bringing in materials, whether it was, you know, branches of willow or uh, carrying mud blocks up 
uh, hill uh, in a very different way but still very similar you have the case of mumbai where uh, we've recently worked on restoring baikala station which is india's oldest railway station and uh, to restore it we did not look at government funds but my firm we we gave our uh, uh you know expertise pro bono we brought in bajaj foundation to give corporate funds to the restoration of a historic building and a local ngo i love mumbai helped in that my point being that when a historic building is actively used uh, whether it is a railway station or an old library and it can be restored sensitively what it does is actually extend the life of that structure but also extend its impact and its usefulness and therefore its relevance to the present day society and that is very important because heritage buildings need to con- be con- you know continue to be relevant only then will they be looked after because very few monuments can just be sealed off and and uh, they're very they're just barely 3900 structures that are under central government protection but what about all those others millions and millions of of historic buildings that we see across our small towns our villages our cities to be able to keep them relevant we need to continuously have some sort of engagement whether they can be used as libraries or whether the uh, you know offices or or government uh, structures post offices and other such buildings can just be sensitively restored so that when you go to use that building for its administrative use you can also admire the beauty of the architecture i get your point that's a really good notion and that's a really fantastic answer actually just answered all the elements of the question so i'll just um, move on quickly to the next question as well since i'm a student and currently in my final year and also a young member of digital movement 22 i've noticed that students who choose the field of conservation and architecture though they are comparatively less but are immensely dedicated towards making this as their niche so what is your message that you would like to convey to them as they begin their journey you know relating to how you began it you know i think if you're passionate about what you're doing if you really truly believe that i feel architects become architects not because they want to make a lot of money that's normally not the reason as a student in first year you join uh, you know an architecture course uh, if you wanted to if man- making money was the only uh, you know a uh, aim that you had you'd normally do a bachelor of commerce or or an mba or something like that most students who choose architecture as their profession or their calling are really people who have Uh, a sensitivity and a sensibility of design and somewhere there they are i would say a large uh, large uh, percentage of of our uh, our uh, field really are people who are sensitive and who have some kind of a responsibility they believe that they can actually uh, make the world a better place and so if you're one of those who shares either one of these three qualities uh what is really important is to know that you as an architect have a responsibility because it's the most you know you could you could be doing somebody's individual home uh, which might just impact that family uh, but the structure that you're putting um on an urban landscape whether it is in a city or a town affects the public psyche and the public realm of a complete community 
So if you put up a bad looking structure, it just becomes an eyesore. And the person who's walking past it, whether it is a milkman or the, uh, you know, a, a person who's going for a walk, does see it. It does affect in some subliminal way uh, their public realm. So whether you're building a new building, I think there needs to be far more uh, a sense of responsibility that it's not just the client uh, who you owe that sense of design to. It is that urban environment, that city. You owe something to the city where you're planting your building. It, and if it's, it's a beautiful building, it gives joy to, to many more. If it's a hideous building, uh, in the morning, you know, I, I pass some building and I say, oof, like, what a terrible, uh, ugly structure has been built. Similarly, if you as a conservation architect can even make sure that one building was um, saved from being destroyed and put to some sort of relevant use uh, and in some sort of sensitive, sympathetic manner, that is not jarring. Or if you're building a new structure next to in a historic setting, uh, your architecture should not just be all about me, but it should be how am I responding to the urban context? So if you are able to be contextual, if you're able to be uh, sensitive as an architect, I think that is half the battle won. You can always then equip yourself with tools of education and understanding of you know, the intricacies and the techniques. But the, the starting point is really, do you want to make a positive difference? Okay. So uh, speaking, actually considering one point which you just spoke, that is the sense of responsibility that we have towards it. Uh, at the present moment, if we actually look into architecture, most of our work is we design without even taking some of the most basic important elements into considerations, like a sense of belonging even. So uh, because of which we make today, it's actually, we consider the point that what we make today creates an everlasting impression of you know, what the future might perceive us as. So do you think that restoration and heritage conservation can help in repairing this dynamic people-place relationship which we have with our social spaces? Oh, absolutely. I think one of the very fundamental aspects of a city is its sense of identity. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember as a child, uh, if I visited Lucknow, uh, I would look out, even as a child, what would strike me are the beautiful colonnaded uh, sort of buildings, the bungalows, uh, the architecture of Kaiser, the buildings around Kaiser Bagh, or, uh, or, and then you would go somewhere and there would be, you know, particular food, which was very specific or a particular kind of kebab, or if, if you pulled out chicken. So all these are just not, if you realize that a city is built by and a, a sum total of all such experiences. So the, the culinary uh, heritage of a city, the textile heritage of a city, the craft heritage of the city, the architectural heritage of the city, together make that uh, the whole city of Lucknow. The same can be said for Banaras, for Jaunpur, for so many other cities uh, across India. The trouble is, over the last few years, we have been letting go of this of this architectural quality of even the very fact that if you went to Ladakh, you would see mud architecture. If you went to Punjab, you would see uh, bricks. And over the last 20 years, we, there's been a rapid loss of the local contextual architecture. And this has been replaced by glass facades and aloco bond structures, which have absolutely neither context nor root nor material or sustainability. And worse, 
they have no link with the identity of that city. So what we have been doing in this kind of a bhed chal to suddenly emulate the West and look like Dubai, we've treat, converted build cities that had great character into these faceless, nameless, anonymous masses. The, so that is what we've already lost. And I think my generation is responsible for this kind of utter, you know, madness of, of just poorly designed cut-paste architecture that we have seen now ruin our cities. But whatever is left of it, if we are able to at least save that, be able to restore that, open up cafes in historic building, open up, restore them to be put to public use or for whatever use, uh, wouldn't you rather go and stay in a hotel which was in a beautiful old Haveli, restored beautifully, versus go to a modern looking hotel with, an, with a glass and aluminum facade? Uh, would you rather want to eat, you know, eat the same uh, sandwich in Lucknow or, or try out the local cuisine? So we don't realize, but for tourism, for even visitors and for definitely for the citizens of a city, being able to save these various heritages, whether it is the food heritage or the, the, the craft heritage of a city, really um, plays a role in the larger growth of a city and, and its identity and its future trajectory. I completely agree with you on this point because the thing is, we've, uh, I mean, we've actually... India is, I mean, if you look from a perception, from a foreigner's perception, they actually look at India for their culture, which is rich in, you know, buildings or architecture. Even if you look at the even smallest thing, even our cuisine is so different, it actually, you know, it, it actually appeals to them. So I actually agree with you on this point. And it's actually, it's a little frustrating when you walk down the street and you see a lot of these unkept buildings and you see then even... Even if we are using modern material in buildings, we can see that even we're not able to even maintain that as well. So everything at the end just looks like a mess, if I would say. So so yeah. So I'm hoping just... your generation is is more uh, is more aware, is more sensitive. I'm hoping that in your generation, if you get a, a project where the client tells you, Oh, I have an old building, just knock it down and build a structure. I hope you'll be able to convince them and talk to them about how the greenest building is one which already exists. How about recycling it, adapting it, restoring it? And, uh, and I hope uh, the new buildings that you build look at the urban scale, the massing, uh, you know, and take into account uh, what, what impact the building, your building has on the larger urban realm. Yeah, I mean, we we should be having this kind of, let's say, stubborn attitude to, you know, because we need to actually preserve it. And I actually really appreciate talking about this with you because I followed you and I saw one of the one of the famous incidents about this Mumbai heritage street that you were so adamant on actually getting the billboards over there changed so that the facade of the buildings was not covered. So I actually read about this, about, I actually heard you speaking about it. So that was one of, a really appreciable moment which you know it's a really good thing to hear so i'll just uh, so we've had a lot of serious talk right now so i'll just let's lighten it up a bit and i'll just ask you some final questions so what are some of the leisure habits that you have developed over the years that help you you know rejuvenate or make you more determined towards moving forward well i love to travel and because in my work i do need to travel a lot 
it's now uh, I sort of combine the two and if I go for work I also try and explore a particular facet of the area that I'm going to I do love to read and uh, and I'm a major foodie so I love to explore new food and and cuisines wherever I go so any specific cuisine that you absolutely love apart from Indian because Indian is really good <laughs> Well, I would say there is no the beauty of Indian cuisine is that it has so many variations. So, uh, you know, even within a state, you can go to different parts of a state and enjoy different cuisines. Uh, you know, each each uh, region has its own cuisine, and uh, that's something I enjoy. Yeah, that's good. So let's just end with one final question. So you've had an eventful career, thoroughly enjoying every moment of your every project that you took. So, what are the future hopes and endeavors that you aim to conquer now? Well, I I hope that the projects that uh, you know we we right now in the middle of some projects that are new build but within a historic uh, setting, and I hope we'd be able to uh, you know, when they when they uh, are completed, we'd be uh, you know putting together a a different. at least a different ideology of how to do new build in historic towns uh beyond that i think i i hope i we can as indian conservation architects be also uh you know taken more seriously across the world and around the globe because we've for so many years we've had these international experts who've flown down and and given us sort of gyan on on conservation and i hope that there comes a time when uh when there are international projects they call in uh, indian experts uh, that'll be that'll be a really proud moment for you then if you do get included in that i look forward to it though so we've actually reached the end of our conversation um and i really thank you for taking out time from your busy schedule i mean it's a weekend as well so really thank and we really appreciate that from digital movement when you do and also thank you to the viewers watching this hope you all had a good time and thank you so thank you mario okay ma'am <laughs>